Hello and welcome to episode 47 of Constructing Comics, a podcast building stories one page and one panel at a time. On this episode, we have a review of The Power of Ten, issue one, The Last Dream of Professor X. This comic was released by Marvel Comics on July 31st, 2019, with a creative team of Jonathan Hickman as your writer, R.B. Silva as your penciler. Um, You have two inkers, you have Andreno... D. Bendito and R.B. Silva, and my apologies for butchering that name. Uh, colorist, again, is Martin Garcia. Uh, we have a letter, letterers of virtual calligraphy in Clayton Clouds, editors Annalise Bissy, C.B. Sabalski, and Jordan White. This is your spoiler alert for Power of Ten, Issue One. And this is Matt, and I'm joined by my co host, Noah. Hey there. Um, so, Noah, why don't you um, why don't you lead us off with some initial thoughts, uh, and then we'll we'll dive into the slides and um, uh, some of the our, our thoughts on the issues or the issue, I should say. Yeah, the there are uh, you know it was a good introductory issue. Like, I feel like there were a lot of questions, more questions raised than anything. But I think the answers in this are just what are the key players going to be, and what's the scope of this series. So as long as they let these first two issues of House of X and Powers of X be that, I, I I'm, I'm looking forward to what's ahead. Yeah, there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of looks into the future and a lot of uh, like uh, a lot more world building in in this one, which was was interesting. And the, that world building um, gave you a glimpse into some things that might be happening in in the other books. Um, uh, but at the same time, all opened up some some questions. Yeah, and it was uh, it's cool to see it on this level of something across time, and I like how they sort of uh, keep it consistent with X Men stories across time. You yeah. know, like you you have the constant themes of you know something a little cosmic, but most of it's all about you know life and different life forms interacting with each other or different forms of like evolution. So you have the artificial intelligence and you have the mutants of course but then you have science mixing in with both of them and how they interact it's 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 cool like hickman's really like you know playing with all the toys in the sandbox when it comes to x-men with this series yeah it's certainly um a new take but it's 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 touching on all of the the key points and and a lot of like fan favorites of of things that have that have been in x-men lore yeah, and we also get uh, get to see some fan favorites in one form or another in this issue. Again, more more Professor X, more Magneto, uh, and uh, more Wolverine this time around. Definitely. And by more Wolverine, I mean one page, but you know, still it's Wolverine. You know? Yeah. Yeah, um, but he was he was uh he was drawn uh more in the 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 the, the wolverine um stature that that he that he should have he was short and and uh stocky um i mean last time we saw him in in uh house of x he was he was frolicking with kids on the ground so we weren't able to um really see see his uh his his figure there but uh it was just cool to see him drawn that way yeah, yeah. And I think, uh, do you think by now we have all the key players introduced to this series, or do you think they're going to keep introducing new characters and new players in the plot? Um, 
That's a good question. I think we might see, I think we might see some more. I mean, we have uh, 12 issues total. Um, who do you think we might, we might see? Um, yeah, I don't know. Cause you know, they brought up Franklin Richards in the last in, in powers of and house of X. Mm-hmm. Um, like he was going to be a player, a key player in this. Um, in this one, you know, uh, they quoted Rasputin. Um, so he might, he might be in this, uh, Peter Rasputin, um, Colossus. And, uh, then, um, yeah, so, so I, and, you know, they had a lot of like little appearances of big characters and powers of X and same in this one as well. You had little, little appearances of different characters. Uh, this one, um, they have Moira McTaggart is in this. Mm-hmm. And so I'm wondering if they're going to bring in David Holler, if he's going to be a character, you know, they, they, you know, he was on one of the Omega lists in the last issue, but I'm, I'm wondering if her and David might be a bigger player going forward, or maybe that's just wishful thinking because I love that character. Yeah. I was thinking about it. Um, didn't we see Peter um, planting flowers in the first couple of um, pages of the, of the first issue? Yeah, we just see his hand. That was it. And the same, we see Storm, we see Beast, we see, um, yeah, we see Iceman. We see a lot of different people, like little snippets of their them. So um, one person I think we might see, and this is this is just me um, thinking, uh, we have we you know we 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 get introduced to a lot of like uh, different time periods. So do you think maybe Cable shows up and uh, is jumping around, putting pieces together, fixing, fixing things, maybe, maybe Cable, maybe Cable, maybe Bishop, you know, having some future players in there because Bishop's from the future also. Right. So, yeah. uh, And he's a, he's a product of the Sentinels taking over. So yeah, Bishop and Cable, that's a good, that's a good uh, guess. And, um, uh, also, uh, magic because uh, the the Colossus girl in this issue has magic's sword, mm-hmm. so we might hopefully magic comes in. Um, yeah, yeah, and I'm gonna put a vote in, and this is not gonna this is not gonna be shocking to you. I'm gonna put a I'm gonna put a Psylocke vote in uh, for her to show up somewhere. Even oh, she, yeah. and she's oh, British. Course. She's British again, so the the British Psylocke. Um, we just saw what was the cover that Jeff DeCall just did for? Was it was it an X Men book that he did a the the Psylocke cover for? Or what was I think that? it's I think it's a variant for issue three of uh, uh, House of X. Okay, so we we she might be in House of X then. So yeah, I, but I part of me wonders how much that's just the. Um, the the subject matter with with the artist uh you know the yeah. tends to draw 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 the ladies so they're like you know draw us somebody and and that was sort of the, the default but yeah um he drew he drew psylocke and none of the ladies that we've been introduced to so far not mystique not jean gray you know yeah and there's a um we could probably talk about this uh, in maybe some of the, 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 the other episodes that we do, but there is a couple of series that are announced spinning out of it. And um, oh, wow. there's like a, there's like a fallen angels. Is it, is it fallen angels? 
um, title. There's a fallen something, and, and Psylocke is 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 pe- uh, featured on the on the cover of that one. So um, new maybe this was just announced too, right? What's that? New the a new New Mutants. Yeah, uh, yeah. series. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's uh, let's dive into the issue. Do you want to pull up your your slides here with a with yeah. a screen share? So a lot of the stuff at the start of this is stuff that we've seen in sort of the the, the promo issues. But uh, why don't you why don't you start us off here? Yeah, and you posted about this on our social media page for the podcast. This is just a great page with some great intro beats. Yeah just setting up what the timelines are going to be uh, throughout this issue where we're going to be jumping around. And it's pretty linear, the story. Uh, they just mainly jump forward. No jumping back or anything like that too much. It's just sort of a, introducing the characters throughout time. So you have Professor X in year one. It seems like almost like a retro 60s timeline. Yeah. Um, like yeah sort of like the classic kirby lee timeline um then you have professor x and what i think is the current like you know present timeline which was what the most of powers of x took place in um then we have uh the nimrod who's a key figure in uh the year 100 he's uh, an ai and uh he's sort of one of the products of these uh these programs that were built to create new mutants and to control new mutants and on and on, you know, and uh, sort of keep the balance of uh, sort of to elevate mutant kind, but also machine kind at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, this dude, whose name I can't remember, um, but he basically is one of the products of that sort of machine ma- mutant marriage of the future future. And he even, uh, speaks with uh, a version of Nimrod in that future as well. Can we go back to the, the, the second panel here, the, this one? Yeah. All right. So we could probably have a pretty long discussion on this. Is, do, is, this, is this Xavier? I think it is. Um, I don't think it's anything like a clone or anything like that. Or, you know, if it's anything, it wasn't it Hickman that brought in like the alternate Reed Richards and stuff like that. Was that one of his inventions? Yeah, he was the maker. The um, maker. Yeah. So yeah, I've, I've seen. I've, I'm sorry, yeah. go ahead. Oh no, I was just saying. If anything, it could be something like that. That's this character reminds me a lot of the maker. Yeah, I've heard. I've heard some speculation. Um, some some people are are thinking that the the helmets are very very similar. Um, but I'm starting to think that this is not this is not Charlie, because is Charles Xavier? It's you know, you know he could be under the influence of someone like, uh, uh, well, what's his name, um, Farouk, uh, the Shadow King. True. He could be underneath some some kind of power, like of another Omega level mutant. So he could just be the body of Xavier, and have an Omega level you know mutant inside him. Or he could just be sort of like, I mean, what I'm hoping is like, you know, and then they explore, is it just, is it just Xavier pushed too far, you know? And, you know, to the point where he basically agrees with Magneto. Um, That's sort of what we're presuming at this point. We're like, yeah, this is just, this is what, what they've told us. That's sort of what we can presume most of all, but 
yeah, you never know with Hickman what 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 what's going on. I mean, he's he's constantly wearing this Cerebro helmet on yeah on his uh, on his head. So it's, I mean, it could be him, but you know, there's the the fact that he's constantly at least two thirds of his face covered. There's 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 some question there. Yeah, there definitely is some question. Yeah, but um, I like it. I like this character a lot. I think he's probably the most interesting part of the whole comic, that he's sort of a silent, you know, mysterious character. You know, Mm -hmm. you're not really clear on his motives. Magneto, you're definitely clear on his motives by the end of the last issue. And um, he's, he's pretty consistent across the board. He hasn't really changed that much. But in this one, he kind of speaks for the first time and it's really shocking, you know. Okay. Um, yeah, move on to this. Uh, I love I love this panel right here. Um, this is great sort of setup of Xavier at the fair. Mm-hmm. Um, again, showing maybe more of the timeline. Definitely not our timeline. Well into the past, and then this is Moira, right? This is Moira McTaggart right here. Yes, this this yeah. is. Yeah, but even then, you get some weird stuff with her as well, where she says weird stuff like this. You know, like, I look around at all these people and know it's just a show for those who need one. A distraction from what's really going on, if you will. Mind if I sit? So, I don't know. With Hickman, he's so deliberate with his dialogue, and especially when he, like, is sort of, uh, I don't know if this is esoteric, cynical, you know, that kind of thing. You know, this is... This is something, this is a key theme right here that I think we need to remember right here. You know, we're all doubting reality at certain times and she's basically saying everybody doesn't want to live in reality. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, I started to wonder if it was a hint that, like, they were stuck in some sort of sim simulation or something like that. So Yeah, exactly. Well, this is, you know, this is, uh, yeah, it's very weird interaction right here. And then, of course, there's this, where she talks about going by the 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 uh, mediums table, and the medium was set up right here. Yeah. Um, and the medium brought up these players, which end up being the people in year uh, one thousand or year one hundred. I mean. Yes. Um, and uh, yeah, interesting stuff. And we'll get into these characters as we go through it. Um, and why why they are the way that they are. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is cool. I just like these panels stacked next to each other. There's a lot of cool stacking in this issue, either it's horizontal or vertical stacking and um, just cool beats uh, like these, these right here. Um, I like, yeah, I like uh, Xavier is sort of the optimist as always in this. This is sort of typical Xavier. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this right here, where he talks about having the most wonderful dream again, like is any of this real? And then now he's bringing up dreams, of course. And dreaming of a better world, which is what House of X was all about, was sort of the better world. Mm-hmm. And I like, um, I really love just the simplicity of these beats on this page right here. This is the only whole page I have in these slides. I, I just really love it. Um, I just like how using color changes as sort of a dramatic uh, emphasis on certain things. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, he, he reads her mind and we're not so sure as to what he sees in her mind at that moment. Yeah, this one is, this one is very similar in structure to the, uh, 
the year zero or the year 10, the year 100. I mean, we, we, we do have five panels here, but it's, again, it's the, the symmetry of all the, all of the faces, the, the, the same size panels for the same sort of time you would spend on the panel, the same sort of length of the, of the beat. So it's, it, it's pretty good. And, and I, and I agree with you, the, the colors, um, the the switch in color on the last panel shows again that you know something has changed something is off um yeah yeah i like the choice of secondary colors rather than going with something like you know on the last panel where something is red or something like that and you know and then you can automatically interpret it as like you know it's something bad or something like that but they go for something more neutral like a violet Mm -hmm. and uh it's really great and it fits in with this palette of the yellow and the sort of teal um, turquoise green, you know, it's sort of, uh, it's, it's great to see sort of this thing where it's like, you know, purple, you know, you get these, you get in different emotions than you would from something more primary like red or blue or anything like that, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, it sort of makes this sort of gray and again, the, the colors being neutral, you know, there's more interpretation left up to there. And I don't know much about color theory, but I know that these are neutral colors. And so, you know, neutral meaning like we're not totally giving too much away right here. Mm-hmm. I love this panel right here. It's just simple. Um, I love how it's the intro to, to X-Men Year 10, but like the color scheme and the lighting choice, it really, if you've read House of X, you know where this is and when this is. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, I really love this panel right here. And it sets up kind of where we left off from the last issue with Mystique. Yeah. And uh, her getting back into uh, the the area to see who she was sort of sent to um, damage control. Uh, who sent her to damage control to yeah. Yeah, get whatever she, information she needed. Yeah, she and she and Toad are the ones that, that make it back. And we, we talked about it before that that leads to Sabretooth being trapped and we, we spent a lot of time discussing the the conversation between uh cyclops and the in the fantastic four but this is sort of them coming back from from that event in the first issue yeah and i love these panels again very well matched with the first issue with this really you know nice complex backgrounds and stuff um yeah not and like uh there's a great motifs throughout this issue with these circles Mm-hmm. in the background these sort of kirby dots of sorts you know and that's across time which is also interesting um in every timeline there are these circles in the background yeah and i like the fact that uh toad is sort of like the the it um expert and because he's so many times in the past he's been sort of relegated to you know just sort of like uh for lack of a better term, like a, like a, like a lackey, just sort of doing dirty work. And here he's, he's, he's a valuable member of, of this team. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they make that clear. Uh, mm-hmm. just sort of like, I know these little beats right here, this is the handoff right here with uh, mystique giving Magneto the thumb drive. Um, then this is where it gets weird because, you know, we were like, yeah, of course Magneto would send her to steal something, but then no, it was Xavier. Mm-hmm. who sent it um you know in in cahoots with with mysterio um not mysterio i'm sorry magneto yeah yeah um and uh raven is being a little hesitant to give it to them because she wants some kind of compensation 
Um, but then Xavier just takes it with his uh, telekinesis. I like this panel, really. I like how it just sort of floats in space. But yeah. it emphasizes, again, something important. I just sort of like how um, how this just sort of emphasizes it. And I, it's, it's, it's great. Yeah, it's just putting the the emphasis on the person, in this case, Raven, who's just had this item taken away from her. Um, so, you know, those are the only two things there. So it's just sort of like, you know, this is what's important. This is here. And you sort of get like a, you sort of like pause on it for a moment, um, you know? Yeah. And that's, that's the only thing you focus on because there's nothing else to focus on. There's no, there's no background. So it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. And this, this book is sort of great with, you know, the, the establishing of patterns, you know, like we talked about earlier with the page with the, the beats right here, you know? Mm-hmm we get a good rhythm going and then the rhythm breaks just because the color changes in the background or, you know, Xavier's positions change. And then uh, you can have these beautiful detailed, you know, backgrounds and everything. And, uh, and something like this is important because the details drop out. It just focuses in on these two objects. Yeah. Yeah. Pattern breaking is always just sort of really great to see in in comics to emphasize an important thing. Um, yeah, this is uh this is, this is a very sinister menacing moment with Xavier. Um, again, getting kind of cynical about the world. Um, not in a very superhero way. Yeah. And this, uh, I know I, I said earlier that I wasn't sure that this was, this was this was Charles, but you know, again, actions like this make me question that uh, a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But then we we jump ahead to year one hundred, mm-hmm. where uh, it's kind of like Days of Future Past, but way more complicated. Yeah, and uh, basically, like you know, it's. Uh, Mutants at one point weren't able to control uh, their, like, you know, new mutants being born. So basically they gave it over to machines and Mr. Sinister in essence. And he started breeding his own, like, you know, breed of like mutant weapons. And then all these other different flat factions broke off and you have different machines warring with different mutants. And, you know, you have hounds and sentinels working together to break down and, uh, destroy some of these factions that have risen up from either mutants that were created for, as weapons or were just sort of, uh, um, I can't remember what they're called, but the, the mutants that basically were the mistakes that sinister made, you know? Yeah. Um, they're, I think they're, they're referenced in one of the, the infographs, uh, that yeah. might be, may be coming up, but yeah, this is, this is, this is all sort of classic X-Men, um, glimpses into the future, you know, apocalyptic future, things, things going bad, uh, things going even worse for the mutants. So this is, this is, this is all stuff that we've seen before, but also uh, with an interesting new take on it. Yeah. There's a, again, kind of like what we talked about in power in house of X there's, you know, there's already the detailed world of X-Men and then Hickman came in and made it even more complicated. Um, but like, yeah, as he's one to do, um, we get a reference to the, some of the technology or the, the plant life 
in this sequence. And this is, it kind of almost mirrors uh, Mystique and Toad and Sabretooth's heist right here. Mm-hmm. Even to someone being left behind while they're trying to get a portal to the, the, the mutant haven that still exists in this timeline. Um, but unlike in the last one, it's sort of just a gate that is in the middle of the city. Um, this time they have to grow the gate that transports them to the uh, mutant haven. Yeah, we also, very similar to that uh, that sequence in the first issue, uh, somebody gets trapped in a, uh, in a, in a force field um, and doesn't make it through. The, again, three, three members of the party, two make it back, one does it because the the one individual is 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 trapped right yeah and you have uh these sort of non-typical sentinel designs with this uh, spidery looking guy but then in the background and looming you have a more classical sentinel and then you have the hounds in their uh cool scary looking costumes as well yeah um love this cool moment of uh this mutant who's uh, sort of a spawn of uh, Cyclops, not Cyclops, of Colossus and Kitty Pride, And uh, of course, magic, because she has magic sword. Hopefully mm-hmm. we, under- we find out how she got magic sword. Um, be really cool. I love her design. I love, uh, love the like little red shoes mixed in with the black and everything. And then of course they have the yellow mixed in as, you know, classic X-Men costumes need to have. Um, but she has a cool fight with the hounds and with the sentinels. Here's a close up on the hounds and their cool design. Yeah, that's uh, that is that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, then we get into some explanation about Mister Sinister stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is just sort of one of the many infographs about uh, all the different genes that they use to splice together to make new mutants. And uh, you know when. Uh, Basically, there are there are the times where the mutants are successfully bred, and then there are the times where they uh, they breed mutants with new superhuman powers that weren't predicted in the gene in the gene splicing. And uh, so, those are the two kinds of mutants that are at play. They're the Chimera, and um, I can't remember the other names um, of the other mut- kind of mutants. Um, let's see. Um... Yeah, I was trying to, to to look and find them, but I'm not able to. Let's see. Um, looks like we had three generations of chimeras. Right, because uh, the 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 chimera were the second generation of the of like the breeding that Mister Sinister did. Okay, um, yeah. I do have a, I do have a question or, or or something that we could probably break down. Um, I'm confused by the the graph all the way here on the right, which is Laura, which X twenty three. In in you know this is just typical, just thinking things through way too much. But he's cloning for the healing factor. Why wouldn't he clone Wolverine? Why would he use the clone of of Wolverine for for the healing factor? Just seems like you would, you would be um, opening yourself up for more failure there. But you know, that's that's just that's just a that's just a nerdy nitpick there. Yeah, he's cloning the clone. Yeah. Um, yeah, I wonder if that's just because wasn't Laura 
she was sort of a a Mr. Sinister experiment, wasn't she initially in the comics, or am I no? I thought that she was up with the movies. I thought she was like a continuation of the the attempt at uh, like a, a another Weapon X program, but I, okay. I may have that one wrong. So yeah, yeah, I don't know too much about X twenty three besides what I know of the movie and stuff like that. Um, yeah. Um, then we move on to uh, same timeline. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Tower of Nimrod the Lesser. Now, uh, Nimrod, I, and I, I kind of, I always look up when I see sort of like characters that are new to a comic book series or even in literature in general. Uh, Nimrod is a biblical name and stuff like that. So like immediately I was like, okay, I need to look up this because that's got to have some kind of thematic, you know, insight into the character and stuff like that. Nimrod in the Bible was a, a king of sorts in the line of Noah. And he was sort of one of the guys associated with the building of the tower of Babel. Okay. Which, um, yeah, which in the Bible, the humanity wanted to build a tower so that they could reach God. And, uh, when God found out that they were trying to build a tower to, to reach him, he tore it down and made a, made it so that they uh, couldn't communicate with each other. So he created new languages amongst all the people and uh, created then factions of humanity. Mm-hmm. So uh, Nimrod builds a tower, um, not unlike the Tower of Babel. Um, and then he's also having to deal with factions um, of different people and, you know, creating different factions of people as well through his actions. So, there's some insight into there. And then later on, we'll see this tower um, swallowed up in the year th- 1000, basically just to show how his sort of maybe his, his lofty goals were sort of falling short just by time, you know, and uh, other things coming into play. So, yeah, here's Nimrod on his throne. Pretty cool Kirby-like shot right mm-hmm. here. Um. They drug the mutant that got left behind and into him basically for interrogation. You can always tell why when an artist loves drawing a character, and like you can tell the artist loved drawing this chick right here. Um, just because you get a lot of shots like this where it's just her and nothing else, or like you know, he just loves to show off the cool design right here, and I think he should because this is a cool design. Yeah. And uh, I love this character. Uh, She's basically Nimrod's right-hand woman. And uh, very cool. Very strong. Um, Yes, like, yeah. Like, like right here, these two panels, and then this one right here, where it's like, you know, he's doing as much cool stuff with the backgrounds of this character as he possibly can, even with using Nimrod as a framing device around her on this page right here, like... You can tell I'm like, yeah, this guy really enjoys drawing this character right here, you know? Yeah. Um, is this character named in, I mean, I know Nimrod calls her um, Omega um, early on, but um, this, other than that, is, this character's not named. No, she's not. I don't think so, at least. I, if she did, I, I missed it completely. Yeah, I that was in part of my read reread. I tried to find if she was named and I, I couldn't find her named other than him. Nimrod, yeah. uh, referring to her as uh, Omega. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I don't think she has been named yet, but she's definitely a mutant machine hybrid. Mm-hmm. Was probably a hound at one point and sort of worked her way up to being a second in command. And she, uh, she again, she has a lot of, Nimrod has a lot of respect for her. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, she has almost as much of authority as he does. And through her actions, we see that. Oops, jumped out a little too much. And they basically put the mutant that escaped into this thing called the bath where uh, mutants, machines get stripped down basically into raw data or like melted down basically through some kind of conversion process. And uh, so Nimrod's trying to find out about sort of the, re- the rebel faction trying to take down his power. And uh, the way he's going to do that is by melting down this mutant into raw data. And then we have this uh, this divisive, I guess. Well, yeah, it, not divisive, but I, I guess um, gimmicky, I guess you could say. <laughs> Way of showing that they're going through a portal and it's basically just them walking upside down to show that they're not obeying the laws of time and space, I guess. Yeah. Um, effective, I don't know. It's, it, it's there. Yeah, like I never really, like I wasn't like, oh, wow, they did that. Yeah, it was the... Comic. It's it's the first page of a of a or first panel of a page too, so it does sort of slow you down for a moment. Okay. Um, uh, so maybe it's just sort of after all of that, uh, you know that that action that we just saw with the um, with the mutant going into the to the bath to, to be you know broken down. And maybe it's just a, a function of hey, we just did all of that. That was all. A lot of like sinister villain talk. Um, let's just uh, let's just take a moment to to slow things down for a second as we transition. So maybe that was that was the thinking there. Maybe yeah, maybe that and that, that and in that case, then it did make me slow down. So it was very effective. Yeah, and the next two um, panels, the next two panels after the one you showed, they're 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 still sort of um, they're still upside down. There's there's two more dialogue panels uh where they're upside down um now i will admit at first i thought it was a printing error same and then i was like nope it's not a printing error because the text is the text is the correct in the correct direction so they they are they are upside down yep yep i thought that exact same thing too i was like oh no what happened but i was reading it digitally which doesn't make sense but i don't know i was yeah that's what i thought and then yeah we get our look at wolverine Hanging with a green Magneto. Um, and do you know who these, you know, do you know who this ghost dude and who the tree man is? Okay. So I think that's Zorn. Okay. And is that Groot? That's what I thought. But yeah, I didn't spend too much time thinking about it. I was like, they'll probably explain it. But Zorn and Groot, I think and it's a I'm, cool team up. And I'm wondering if that's, so if we've gone, the, what year are we in? Are we in year 100 or year 1000 when we come 100. out 100. 100. So is that possibly not um, Magneto? Is that possibly like Magneto's kid? I mean, why is, or has he just decided to, hey, uh, the, I'm, the, I'm, I'm wearing my green Magneto outfit today. Yeah, was he like a offspring of magneto and uh, the enchantress i wonder he's kind of got some asgardian stuff going on here that's true yeah yeah um but uh yeah so if that is Groot, 
what would why would group be on Kokoa just chilling with just chilling with crazy crazy mutants he needed some like he, he maybe rocket died by this point so he needed a like you know at least a rodent themed <laughs> you know little guy to hang out with and he was like oh wolverine well you know uh spoiler alerts and, and i'm not reading it but i think they are hinting at the death of rocket raccoon in the the gardens of the galaxy that's going on now oh that sucks yeah now uh, it's comics so he won't, he won't stay dead or or yeah. he he actually won't die but uh yeah um or could this just be could this just be like uh Krakoa this sort of representing himself in sort of like a plant human like um being so that he can walk around and, and, and communicate more with, with the mutants that are that are living on him? Yeah, I wonder if that that's a cool idea too. Um but uh Logan has some old man Logan stuff going on here as well. Yeah the chin beard and the white and stuff. So that might just be an artist nod to like, you know, if this is old man, this is just like literally old man, Logan, not, you know, old man, Logan proper. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it's cool. I like this sort of older Logan and uh, he's, uh, he looks more like his normal self, right? You know, rough and tumble and serious and uh, basically taking the role of what Magneto is in the, in the future, you know, Mm -hmm. And that meaning the present timeline, I mean, uh, where he sort of sent these mutants out to get some information that will turn the tide. Um, yeah. And so here at this, um, this panel that you're showing here, um, the one that's the, the close up on uh, Wolverine's face, he does say, all right, follow me. The old man's waiting and we don't, we don't know which old man he's he's talking about so hopefully hopefully we find find out um but who do you it's too obvious that he would be talking about chuck charles xavier so who else could he be could be could he be talking about could be talking about um i think old man maybe trying to think of other immortal x-men characters um I mean, it could be Xavier in one form or another, you know? Yeah. It could be a brain in a jar. Um, he could also be talking about Reed Richards because at one point Reed was a brain in a jar. Um, I think in like Spider-Girl or something like that when they jumped ahead into the future. Oh. Yeah, so it could be Reed Richards. Could also be, uh, could be Colossus, I guess, maybe. You know, I think if it like, you know, yeah, well, it'd be hilarious if it, if they want to go the immortal route, it'd be hilarious if it was Wade. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. If it was Deadpool who all of a sudden decided to become the head of the X-Men, that would be amazing. I, uh, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that in this well thought out Jonathan Hickman book that, uh, we don't, uh, we don't get uh, Deadpool as the uh, the leader of the X Men, cracking wise. That would be amazing. Man. <laughs> I'm going to write that story someday. Yeah, How, the House of X uh, spinoff. The House of X spinoff, where yeah. yeah, basically it was Deadpool all along. So, 
before we move on, um, that uh, that brings up a thought I had. So I've been thinking a lot about the the flowers of cocoa that we are introduced to in the first one. Now, are do you think we're going to see how other Marvel heroes um, interact with these uh, pharmaceuticals? Um, so obviously, to me, the first thing I was thinking was there's one that adds five years to your life. If you were Peter Parker, wouldn't you be swinging over to Kokoa to get some of that for Aunt May? Yeah. So, like, I wonder if we'll we'll get to see some of that stuff. Yeah, and the the mental part, you know, clear like you know, curing the mental part, like that could be something Bruce Banner would be interested in, because that's sort of something that they sort of associate Hulk with is that he's sort of maybe more mentally based than anything. All right. And so while, while we're doing the, the possibilities, I'm staking my claim right now. So uh, to all the Marvel executives who are, who are, who are listening to this podcast, I want to write yeah. the, I want to write the, uh, the Moon Knight um, one where he gets, uh, he gets the flowers from Krakoa that uh, cures mental, mental health. And he has to, he's not, he's not Moon Knight. Like he, he realizes that he can't uh. night without, without the, the multiple personalities. So he stops taking the, he, he has a period of time where he does well, he's adjusting and then he realizes he needs to go back. So he, he stops taking him. So I'm staking my claim to, I'm staking my claim to the, to the, uh, the Moon Knight uh, House of X spinoff. You'll have to put this uh, podcast in a letter and mail it to yourself. Yeah. So you can have the copyright on that. Um, yeah, but I'd love to, I'd, I'd read that story. And then, okay, we jump to the year 1000, mm -hmm. uh, where we get this little blue man. Um, and he's wearing the Cerebro helmet. Yes. At first. Uh, and then this is little Nimrod right here. Mm -hmm. uh, basically, like, all the, like, you know, the best laid plans that he had have been sort of swallowed up by time and other things, like other parts of evolution. Mm-hmm. Like here's his tower right now. It's sort of like been consumed by the city. Yeah, it's no longer the largest item on the on the skyline. Yeah. And then also something I just noticed. So there's this this dome right here, right? Mm-hmm. And then if we go back, all the way back, giving seizures to people. Look at that right there. Yeah. Yeah. And so does this mean Krakoa and the real world have sort of like merged, you know, is, uh, you know, what we think is Krakoa as it sort of like, you know, spread across the whole planet, you know, and the whole earth has become sort of Krakoa. That's interesting. I don't know. Or as uh, like, you know, this is a, uh, I don't know, just something to think about, I guess. Um, but that's the last panel I have on here. Yeah. Um, so it, um, we, we see sort of, um, we sort of go into that dome on the, the next page. Um, and yeah, we see, we, we see some sort of, uh, or we see some, uh, uh, almost like Adam and Eve figures um, uh, coming out of this, you know, this, uh, this light and this, this lush wilderness. So, uh, yeah. But they talk about humanity 
they've sort of recreated homo sapiens mm-hmm. uh, or, or preserved them. And like they say in the panel that I'm showing right now, uh, but um, they're afraid of homo sapiens interfering with the sort of established order that has, they've like taken a thousand years to establish. Um, so is that a hint towards maybe the, the sort of the human, the human homo sapien representation that we got in the first issue with all that, you know, the agencies, you know, making their own doomsday, uh, you know, their own doomsday organization, uh, you know, are they going to be the heroes or sort of the ones that interfere with the, the plans of mutants? Um, yeah. Yeah, this was, this was definitely, um, in all senses, uh, the, the, the issue where they, they open up a lot more questions to set up for, for issues to come. So um, it should be interesting to, to see what, what comes next. Nice thing about this, though, is, is that I'm not forgetting between issues like I would in Doomsday Clock. I'm just thinking if this was a monthly book, how awful this would be, you know? Um, I'm really glad that it's all sort of consecutive, you know, consecutively coming out week by week. So yeah, it's certainly, it's certainly fresh you know, the momentum keep, is like, you know, every Wednesday you're being hit with a, with a new installment. So the, the momentum is, is, it makes it feel like an event. Yeah, it's a good event too. Again, like maybe what I thought they were trying to do with Doomsday Clock, but mm-hmm. never were able to. All right, do you do you have anything else, or you want to close this out? I, I feel like we did a we did a good uh, a good run through of this. Yeah, I think this is good. It's it's sort of interesting all the biblical references in this, and again, it's sort of but it fits with X Men, you know because there's always that religion and science aspect of everything, you know, like, uh, and even we talked, I guess in the first issue of powers of X, they talked about, you know, last words were, um, of Magneto were saying they're new gods now, you know, basically equating mutants with godhood, you Mm -hmm. know? Um, so there's this interesting religious aspect and we know with Hickman, whenever he gets on a religion kick, he's usually got something cool to say. Yeah. Um, whether it's Pax Romano or um, Black Monday or something like that, you know. Yeah, and even in um, East of West, there's a uh, yeah, there's like a, you know, there's temples and there's messages and uh, you know, sort of like scripture that that people refer to. So there's there's a little bit of that in East of West as well. Yeah, so this is typical for X-Men and typical for Hickman, which just makes this series all the more perfect for him to be writing. Yeah. All right, so I think that's going to do that, do uh, do it for us. Um, so that was our review of the first issue of Power of X. Um, if everybody could go on to Apple Podcast and rate and review this podcast so, so other people could find it, um, we would really appreciate it. Um, if you want to give us a follow on social media, we are on Twitter at Construct Compod. We are on Instagram at Constructing Comics Pod. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's right. At Constructing Comics Pod. And we are on Facebook at 
Facebook forward slash Constructed Comics. And we're going to put this video up on our YouTube channel, which is Constructed Comics. So again, this being another visually heavy episode, um, if you want to see the, the, the pages and the panels that we talked about, um, go to that YouTube channel. Uh, we'll provide links to all of that in the social media. And I'd like to thank everybody for, for joining us. And we will be back with a, another episode very soon. Yeah, and one yeah. more thing. Yeah. If anyone is reading along with us, you know, while they're listening and if anyone's listening and you have other insights into these books, like I would love to know them. So send a message on Instagram or Facebook or leave a comment on YouTube. It'd be great to get a conversation going and, you know, so we can all have to do some fun deep diving into something that we love. So yeah, that, be awesome. That, yeah, that would be really cool. And then like once we get to the, once we get to the end, maybe we could go back and say, you know, so-and-so was right when they predicted, you know, yeah. six weeks ago that this was what going to happen. We, we, we could do that. So that would be pretty cool. I agree. It would be great. That. Yeah. And I love, you know, I love that we're going through this issue by issue. You know, we'll have 12 episodes of each one by the end and love to get a following going there. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a great point. Thanks for bringing that up. All right. So uh, thanks again. And we'll be back uh, very soon um, with with more.